Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? Daniel will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, we're here with Joe DeSanto. Joe has built multi-million dollar businesses, produced critically acclaimed documentaries and an Emmy winning TV show, invested millions in real estate and semi-retired at the age of 43. Now is sharing a lifetime of fiscal know-how via Play Louder, an invaluable resource that helps individuals and businesses increase their net worth and plan better for their future. I'm very excited for this chat, so let's get right into it. Joseph, welcome to the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? Doing great, Dan. How are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for being on the show. I ask every single one of my guests to tell us what they were doing before they became an entrepreneur. What's your story? Well, I have to say, I've I've considered myself an entrepreneur kind of the whole time, Uh, even like, you know, probably right from when I got out of college, like I was pretty focused on owning a business that was just like, my two main things out of college was start my own business and buy my first house. Um, mm-hmm. Though I will say, you know, you can't start a business, you know, right out of college often, you know, you don't have the experience, you don't have the background. So I got a job and I just worked in a field that, you know, I liked and I saw the possibility of owning a business in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked in that field up until the age of 30 and mm-hmm. used all that experience to kind of, you know, jump ship of where I was at, me and a few partners left that place, started our own place and, and started growing like what, what's now called the brick and mortar business. But yeah, mm-hmm. back in 2006, like, you know, we just called it a business back then. Yeah. <laughs> and now though, you know, it's funny, uh, v- very much, you know, relating to your show, as much as I love my business, we had about 30 employees, it grew, you know, it became very time demanding, you know, it's just like, it, even though I own the place, it was still this job I had to show up to every day and, yeah. you know, it was very stressful. And, and then once we had our kid, I was 40 when we had our kid, like all of a sudden we're trying to like be good parents and like, I'm still working like 60, 70 hours a week, you know? So yeah. at that point, my wife and I were like, well, what if we could change it up? You know, and this was 2016. We're starting to have this conversation before COVID. So the idea of like having a remote working lifestyle was it mm. still a novel idea. And we were like, man, yeah, I keep reading about these people have these remote work lifestyles. They travel and work. It's flexible, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, we need to get to that. I think that's <laughs> the next stage. And somehow we masterminded the <laughs> that to happen. We ended up moving to Florida. Mm-hmm. from los angeles to kind of lower our expenses and you know make it easier to work less and mm-hmm. uh, luckily i have always been into personal finance and investing and obviously i think you know that ties in with my wanting to own a business and all that sort of stuff so 
we saved, we invested, we had a good kind of nest egg going. We had some cash flow coming in from our real estate and our other investments. So we were like, I think we could actually kind of do this like, semi-retired thing where I work part-time and, you know, just add to the income we need, you know, in addition to what we have coming in from our investments. And there we go. We could be in a remote situation. But the question was, what will that be? You know, what will that work be? And luckily for me, it kind of naturally evolved. Um, I was the CEO and CFO of my company. But when I left, my partners, you know, they were very supportive. But, you know, they were like, well, it's going to be hard to like, you know, you do a lot of things. Like, what if you we just pay you to do the finances still? Because mm -hmm. none of us do the finances. And I was like, great. You know, that sounds awesome. And that kind of started my uh, consulting thing. And then other mm -hmm. friends started asking me if I was doing that, if they could hire me to do that too. And and now I have, I have about half a dozen companies and also uh, some higher income, higher net worth individuals as well that I kind of do it for. So it's been good and so it's been a good run. And now we're traveling more just as we started, you know, the last uh, summer since we left, you know, we've traveled six, seven weeks each summer, mostly in America because of COVID. We always had a plan of going to Europe. And as I was mentioning to you right before the show, we're in the midst of planning our five-week European tour for this summer. That's fantastic. There's so much to unpack into this one yeah, answer. The lot. first thing that I wanted to... <laughs> really bring up to our audience, which is absolutely important, is that uh, you moved because you were cognizant of the fact that, you know, expenses do matter. So it's not only about, you know, trying to amass more money, which is great, of course, but you also can, when you are remote, you can think strategically and decide where to live based on expenses, but also on quality of life altogether, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. that's the first thing. The second thing that you brought up is the fact that, so we talked about this the before we press the record button, but you mentioned it again too, the fractional CFO services that you're offering right now are allowing you to travel or to just do your work remotely. Um, as a remote CEO coaching program, uh, we actually help a lot of fractional CFOs do exactly this. So oh, okay. if you're at home listening, exactly. Um, you know, this is the way to, to do it. This is the way to do it. You just need to figure out how you can provide your services remotely and, and still be super successful. Uh, Joseph, let's talk about how you structured, uh, you know, again, your finances. I know you're a big finance guy. So can we really dive in a bit deeper into your work and how you're helping others uh, with your work? Yeah, um, well, you know, I mean, the, the, the CFO moniker obviously says a lot about what I do. Um, and I found actually that, you know, there's a sweet spot really, or a need, I guess, or a niche or need for this service for certain size businesses. Like the, my clients are actually, my company is probably the biggest company still at about 30 employees. Uh, but I go from anywhere from, you know, a couple up to 30. And it's like, unless there's a partner in the company that is a finance business person, what ends up happening with those kind of size businesses is they can't really afford a full-time, you know, knowledgeable uh, CFO type person, you know, mm -hmm. they can kind of afford a bookkeeper basically. And a lot of times they're, they, they're not even getting bookkeeping done. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like the owners are just busy and they're just trying to like meet the demand of their day and, you know, they got kids and whatever. And so it just falls by the wayside. So the fact that I can provide this service in a part-time capacity, you know, meets two needs. It means I can charge more per hour for my service to them 
but overall they're still paying way less, you know, than they would for a full-time person and getting like a quality person. So actually to, you know, to the kind of for some educational plans for your audience, that's really where I see the transition from like, you know, a higher level executive type to a consulting gig. Like there's a very good chance if you're good at what you do, you can transition your services into a consulting thing, make more for yourself per hour, and then provide like a better valued service for like a certain size business. So that's kind of what I've ended up doing and it works well. So obviously for the, for the companies, you know, I do what CFS do. I do analysis, planning, you know, everything around finance for the business. But what I do that's a little bit different is I try to educate the owners of the business in like my personal ways of success and that I basically say you have to treat your personal financial life like a business as well. You know, for them, like their money enters in their business. But ultimately, you know, despite this fact that their business is their passion and all that kind of stuff, which is great. Uh, mm-hmm. But ultimately, you're in business to make money and hopefully make more money and have more flexibility than if you had a job. Mm-hmm. And you might make a lot of gross income, but ultimately it's not that meaningful until you've paid your taxes and you know what you have in your savings account. And unfortunately, yeah. like, you know, that that's one big system from, you know, kind of a tax perspective uh, and kind of a revenue and money flow perspective. So, but a lot of what the, you know, the owners are doing, they're like, all right, I know I got to like mine the till on my business, but I'm just like, once the money comes over to my checking account, I'm not paying attention anymore. Like I'm not worried about how much I'm spending, saving. I'm not really thinking about investing. I'm just like maybe throwing a percentage in a savings account and like maybe investing it. Who knows? But really not commandeering that whole personal finance piece. So I really evangelize to them that like we got to treat it all the way to the end, like all the way to your savings account. It's got to be thought, you know, thought out and planned and executed like just like we're doing for your business because ultimately you know retirement's coming you know whether you think it is or not like there is a time where you're gonna want to stop doing this or age out or whatever you want to be prepared and you want to be able to like have that you know later in lifetime that you have in your mind you don't want to be hampered by lack of planning so i really Mm -hmm. try to hit home that we gotta we gotta put all the same things in place for their personal financial life. And I think that's what sort of, you know, makes me a little bit different. And I end up usually taking on them as personal financial, you know, personal finance clients as well, and just kind of do it all, you know, so like, from the entry into their business to like, you know, their personal taxes getting done and paid, and we know it's in their savings account, like I just manage it all, Yeah. which is why I don't have a ton of clients, you know, I don't want to be I don't want to be working full time myself, you know, and yeah. by adding the person, you know, their personal finance as well, it sort of, you know, adds up. So for sure. And so one thing that uh, really stood out to me and initially when we started conversation said that you wanted to scale down on the amount of hours, scale back on the amount of hours you were working. Um, do you probably have courses in uh, other things that, that are helping you get those clients without having to do the work of teaching yourself? Um, yeah. Can you talk about those and what they are Absolutely. and why they're important for any remote CEO? Yeah, of course. Well, um, in addition to my doing my, you know, consulting work or remote CFO work, I have a website. It's called playlotter.com. And that was actually one of the the things we were going to do. Um, 
when we first left, the remote CFO thing really kind of luckily took shape on its own for me. Um, mm -hmm. But we created a website and I basically wanted to become sort of an authority blogger and educator in the personal finance space. So, yeah. you know, but I, I look at it from a three pillar approach. Like I think people have to be, you know, financially prudent on their personal front, but they have to be business minded and entrepreneurial and they yeah. also have to be investing focused. So my, my uh, site you know, centered around content like that. And, but, you know, it's like a lot of individuals go there, you know, they don't have the money or, you know, to hire someone to, you know, be a consultant. They don't have a small family office that they can pay a manager for, but they want the information. So ultimately you can get it all by sifting through my hundreds of articles on the website, or you can buy one of my courses and sort of get the curated quicker version so that's mm -hmm. like the less expensive approach to get access to my knowledge and services through my courses and you can find those on the website <clears throat> that's awesome and i want to talk about your um the, the way that you teach this material there's like uh, there's probably two or three pillars that i think we talked about before mm -hmm. um yeah there's uh, there's three pillars i really do think it like the secret to success in in life <laughs> uh is this three pillar approach of being entrepreneurial, you know, whether that even be in your job, you can be entrepreneurial in your job, but I think also, you know, trying to be a business owner, I think you can make more money that way, have more flexibility to work on other things that make money like investing. Uh, you need to, you know, mind your personal finances like a business. And then you really do need to think about investing and, realize that getting the, you know, the, the basic 7% return, like it's not going to get you very far, very fast. Like you really need to be getting, you know, a much higher return in your saved money because very few people are going to get to a comfortable retirement by savings alone. You really need to invest your money and get a good return and you need to, you know, get educated in order to get into getting the 15, 20, 25% return. And it's not just being an in index funds, you know, in the in uh, your basic brokerage account. So those three pillars are the most important things. Um, but I think, you know, for the average person, I have this course called the Financial Independence Roadmap. And what it does is helps you create an actual plan, like a roadmap from where you are today to where you think you might want to be like in retirement. And to your point about, about um, you know, not only is, is it about saving, but it's also controlling your spending. That's part of the process. You think about where do I want to be? Where do I want to retire? What's that going to cost, right? Mm -hmm. How much do I need to save to make that monthly revenue happen down the road? You, you know, you have a number, you have a destination and then, okay, what's my plan to get there? How much do I need to save on an ongoing basis? What kind of return do I need to get on that? And, um, you know, then you kind of know how you're going to get there. So that course brings you through that process and has a whole bunch of worksheets, you know, that I made for myself that I share. Mm -hmm. But I also then talk about the fact that you do have to kind of do bookkeeping for your personal finances. You actually have to know that you are meeting your plan, you know, and the only way you know that, like, you don't can never do that by gut. People think like, oh, I got a good feeling. I think I know, blah, 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 blah. You don't like you really need to use a, like some software and track your personal finances, which some people love, you know, like I luckily that's something I don't mind doing and it's served me very well. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of people find that tedious. I kind of I, I, you know, compare it to working out, you know, 
Some people love working out and they get the benefits of health from it. Other people hate it, including myself, ironically. And it's <laughs> like you need a coach or you need some accountability or you need a trainer. So if you're one of those people, when it comes to finances, maybe you engage the services of a personal finance coach like once a month or once every other month mm -hmm. and get some accountability. But you really need to like do the exercise, the, the financial fitness of tracking your, your spending knowing that you're meeting your your plan and budget and you know knowing that you're staying on your your road to uh, where you want to go in the future i absolutely love the the term financial fitness i think it's it really really in a nutshell explains what what you gotta do you gotta show up and and actually hold yourself accountable I wanted to ask you a question because, of course, you have a CFO background and I wouldn't say it's easy for you, but of course, it comes more natural than the average person that it's never really, sure. you know, sometimes people, I hear some people literally in my coaching program telling me, De Niro, sometimes I'm afraid to go inside my my bank card, uh, my, my, my credit card statement because I'm afraid to look at what I've spent money on. Um, we generally tell them every couple of weeks, just sit down. If you are single, whatever, like do it on your own. If you have you know, partner, of course, sit down with your partner and, and, and talk about it together. I just wanted to get some feedback from you and pick your brain on this. Like, what is the, you know, uh, I wouldn't say easiest, but the least amount of, you know, um, pressure, basically, yeah. because I feel like people sit down, they're like, oh, my gosh, if, I'm gonna get you know, if you don't do it, you know, regularly, and you're, you're gonna try to embark on it. Yeah, no question, it can be overwhelming, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm a little bit of a hard ass on this, which, which actually, I'm trying to rethink a little bit. But you know, like, you just have to bite the bullet and get started. And you have to use some sort of computer software. Yeah, I use Quicken, I like Quicken, but you know, there's there's mint, there's countabout, there's a, there's a hundred options, but you can't do it half ass, you know, like mm. you, you got to commit yourself to do it and think about it like exercise. Like, you know, if you go to the gym, you know, and you just like troll around, you know, stroll the treadmill for 20 minutes and then you <laughs> lift a couple of little weights and then leave and expect that you're going to actually get some results. You're just not like, if you go to the gym and either work with a trainer or at least have a trainer give you an actual plan, you know, of exercises that targeting what your goals are, like you're going to have success and you just, you can't, you can't skip out on it, you know? So, but the truth is it's scary. It's hard. You know, it's, it's also a lot, it's easier to put your head in the sand, especially if you're worried your finances maybe aren't in that greater shape. But I guess, the, you know, the, the basic point I can say is knowledge is power, like on this yeah. front. A lot of people that, you know, I do do personal finance coaching like by the hour mm -hmm. and a lot of people get in touch with me and they're in their mid forties, you know, and they're like, I never paid attention to it. I've been saying I'm going to get around to it for 20 years. Now I got college coming up in five, six years with the kids. I only don't have that much saved. And like, I'm starting to worry, you know, cause yeah. my runway is running out, you know? Yeah. So, and as scary as that is, you know, not addressing it is just going to make the situation worse, you know? So you, you just gotta, you gotta do the tough work, get yourself knowledgeable about your finances, make a plan and make keeping track of your finances using some computer software every couple of weeks, you know, just part of your regimen in life yeah. or, you know, accept, accept <laughs> the results that you get when you're 60, 65 and no one wants to hire you and your earning potential has basically been crushed.
Yes, 100%. I know that's I, not inspiring. I'm going to work <laughs> on the inspiring component. I'm missing that. I realized that's this. okay. You know what? You can inspire people <laughs> by by telling them the harsh truth. So it, I, I am I a hard truth you. kind of person. So it's yeah. funny. I go to the gym and I have a trader. And like last week, I said to the trader, I'm like, Jumani, it's too hard. Like, I don't want to come back here. Like, is there any like, is there any like studies out there that deal with the psychology of working out and how to like get someone like me, like willing to keep coming back, you know? Mm. And then I think to myself, this is probably what a lot of people you talk to about money are thinking when you give your hard ass coach speech. So I'm yeah. working on improving it. <laughs> that's that's very true but here's the thing you said something i think it's resonating with a lot of our listeners and, and uh including myself actually and it's the fact that you got to get started because the first time especially if you haven't done if you've never done it but even if you've done it maybe two three years ago and you got so much stuff to look at it of course is going to be much harder it's like when you never worked out and you go to the gym for the first time even walking on the 20 minute walk on the treadmill that you were talking about for some people, it may be very hard, but then if you yeah. keep on going consistently day after day or every couple of weeks, you just show up, show up, show up on the third, fourth, sixth month, it's not going to be about catching up on 20 years of, you know, of like madness, but it's only about, you know, just looking at the, at the data, making sure that things look good and, uh, and, and keep on moving forward. Yeah. So like you said, practically, I'll share, you know, some thoughts like, you know, you can't do much about the past, you know, anyway. Right. So it's like trying to figure out what happened, you know, in the last five years, not that worth it. You, you, you start today and go forward, right? And I find that it's a good plan to like start early in the year because you start with some software and you kind of right. start your data from January 1st. So like mm -hmm. it, the closer you start to the beginning of the year, you can log in, add your bank accounts, download transactions very easily back a couple months and kind of work your way to your having your first solid year of financial information from which you can make good decisions. But I always find like the longer you wait into the year, it's like, ah, oh, what's the point? Like, I'm not even gonna know what the whole year is, you know? So to try to, if you're thinking about it, be like, all right, now it's the time. Like it's easier to get started early in the year and like get like, you know, a full yeah. kind of year's worth of information if I, if I start now. And then I will say too that the software is these days, like I've been using Quicken for like 20 years. So I've seen how it's evolved and they're making it easier and easier, you know, to like memorize your stuff, your transactions, how you categorize things. And like just the process every week gets less, takes up less and less of your time. Yeah. So you that's train. something you can sort of look forward to. Like if it takes a long time in the beginning, like as you use this stuff, it gets easier and easier and easier. And now like, you know, I usually check on my stuff every couple of weeks, but if I go a month, like I could sit down and like in an hour, get everything updated, you know, downloaded everything, whatever, just because my software sort of remembers so much, you know. Um, but, you know, it's like real, you know, you got to do real bookkeeping for the business of your life. You know, it's just it's just adult adult stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Joseph, it was a great conversation. I'm sure that my listeners want to know more about you and what you do. So, where can people find you online? Yeah, uh, my website's the best place, playlouder.com. You can also email me if you like, Joe at playlouder.com. You know, I post my stuff on social media, but frankly, I don't go on social media because I just think it's bad for you, um, and I don't have time. Yeah. So, email's <laughs> the best. Uh, and there you go.
Awesome, Joseph. Again, thank you very much for being on the Remote CO Show. I'm looking forward to having you back in the future. And in the right meantime, on, enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks, buddy. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at B. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B and I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again and I will talk to you again soon.